0: Hello, everybody. It's really good to be here. Um, I am excited and very expectant for our services today. Uh, There is a ton of things that um, I am anticipating, and it it just feels incredible. So thank you for being here.
1: It is so good to be with you, whether you're here in this online studio service every week, or if this is your first time engaging in this service, I'm glad that you're here today.
0: Yeah, there's just a ton of good opportunities to engage the service, so i mm-hmm. um, just pumped. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, and one of the things that is happening today is that for the past couple of weeks, we have been sharing stories of people like you and me. It's us, it's people here at our church and their journey and so today why yeah because we all carry a story so if you ask questions
0: tell us the importance of that
1: how does a story hit you when you hear somebody telling of something that happened to them
0: yeah it's the power of a testimony right like it's encouraging it's hopeful it's it's telling like the story of the things that god is doing
1: yeah it is so powerful and I have personally been touched and inspired. And today, uh, Jordan is gonna be sharing uh, his story and what happened to his faith this past year. So let's take a look together.
2: Growing up, I was you know, raised in a religious home, but it didn't really connect with my, my what I considered real life. It was just, it was bland. You know, m- most of my life, it was going through the motions but there wasn't really any sort of meaning to it. It was just life as a human being on earth, and that's it. There were many times when I thought, this can't be it. I was searching for something that would give the life that I was living depth and significance and make it feel like it was real, like it wasn't just a still frame, like it was you know, something I was really experiencing and that had a purpose. The turning point in my faith happened, honestly, last year. I know for a lot of people, 2020 was a very strange year to, to begin with. And, you know, it was the same for me. But then, you know, around the beginning of summer, my life just went downhill really fast. The things that I love started slipping through my fingers, and this whole world that I'd built for myself, apart from faith, collapsed, and I, I didn't have anything left. There's a proverb that says, the crucible is for silver and the furnace for gold. And that thought just kept playing through my head in the darkest time of my life that as much as I hated what I was going through, there was the possibility that something beautiful could come out the other side. I understand it has depth. There is meaning to it. There's, there's a color to every part of my life that has a significance. So the way that I see the world now with what I would call actual faith is kind of like the comparison between you know a black and white photo and one that's 4K it's the same picture but now there's so much more detail to it God is here i mean it's so easy to miss him and yet so hard to miss him when you look i mean everything around you from something as simple as you know that air that you're breathing to something as complex as what feels like your world falling apart. He's there in every part of it. When I think of the phrase, all things new, I think of, and this may be cliche, but sunrise in the mountains. As soon as that first ray of sun comes over the horizon, it's like an explosion of color. You're not just seeing the light, you're feeling the light.
1: Oh, that was so good. And you know, you guys, if you want to watch this again or catch the other stories, all of these stories are on our app. And so you can check it out during the week, some other times, and I'm just ready to engage in service right now.
0: Me too. So I'm going to pray for us, for our time. Um, So please join me.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Jesus, thank you for the things that you have prepared for us. Thank you for our time together now. Create the hunger, create the anticipation. Give us the desire to experience you deeply.
1: Yeah.
0: In Christ, I pray. Mm
3: Hey everybody, thank you so much for letting me be with you today. Uh, There might be a lot of us at home right now because of the forecasted snow. Honestly, my money's on like six inches. I don't think it's gonna snow feet. We'll see what happens. Either way, I am really, really excited to be with you. Thank you for inviting me to be with you today. Okay, for me personally, I don't like riddles. It's really annoying when I can't figure them out. And honestly, it feels like that's kind of the main point of riddles. I think one of the primary reasons why someone tells someone else a riddle is to enjoy watching them struggle to figure it out. Like anytime someone asks if I want to hear a riddle, what I really hear them asking is if I want to experience how much smarter they are than I am. And I don't. But even though I feel this way, Almost every time someone asks me if I want to hear a riddle, I almost always say yes. Because there's something deep down inside of all of us that feels challenged by the idea that we don't have what it takes to do something, especially on our own. There's something inside of us that needs to prove to ourselves or to others that we can do it on our own, that we have what it takes. My daughter is two and already she's starting to do this. When we put her in her car seat and start to buckle her in, she pushes our hands away and says, no, me. And and she starts fumbling with the buckles herself, trying to buckle herself in. She wants to be able to do it on her own. We all do this, all of us, we have this need to be able to do it on our own. And when we're not able to, it, it can feel like failure. See, this is really hard because life is full of moments that remind us of just how unself-sufficient we are, of how dependent we are on others. There are going to be times in our life where no matter how hard we try to do it on our own, we are not going to be able to do it. And for some of us, this is embarrassing and humiliating. For some of us, this is terrifying because it proves one of our greatest fears to be true that we can't, that we're inadequate. But Jesus, he had a different perspective on this. When it comes to moments of need and desperation and helplessness, Jesus, he actually says that we're blessed. He says when we're experiencing need and desperation and helplessness, he just calls that being hungry and thirsty. In this series, we're looking at the kingdom of God and trying to figure out what it is and the part that we're meant to play in it. And we're looking at one of Jesus' sermons to figure this out. And there's a verse in one of Jesus' sermons that he he talks about this. It's Matthew chapter five, verse six. Jesus says this Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. All right. To understand what Jesus is getting at, we need to know what righteousness is. Righteousness, it's this very religious sounding term and in the Bible, it's kind of a catch-all for a whole bunch of different things. It can mean forgiveness and justice and God's perfection and God's will and good works and and redemption. It, It can mean a whole bunch of different things. To ask what righteousness is, it's kind of like asking what color is the rainbow? It's hard to give an answer to that question. But me and a few college students, we've been talking about this and trying to figure it out. And I think one of them may have figured it out. She said something that led us to this definition of righteousness. Righteousness is the movements of God that are making all things right. Righteousness is the movements of God that are making all things right. And here's the thing about righteousness. God can't help but radiate righteousness. He can't help but move to make things right. It's, it's his effect that he has on everything. If God was the sun, righteousness would be like the light and the heat that the sun produces. The sun can't help but produce these things. God can't help but produce righteousness. And another thing about righteousness is that it can only come from God. True righteousness, the ability to truly make things right can only come from God. Again, if God was the sun and righteousness was the heat that the sun produces that sustains all life on our planet, our best attempts at righteousness would be like trying to produce the same amount of heat as the sun by rubbing our hands together as fast as we can. No matter how hard we try, we wouldn't come anywhere close to what God can do. Okay, so packing all this into that thing that Jesus said. Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for God to move and make things right, for they shall be satisfied. Which touches on another aspect of righteousness. Even though God can't help but radiate righteousness, he never forces it on us. God doesn't bend us and shape us against Our will throughout the Bible, we see that God waits patiently for us to want it, for us to be hungry or thirsty for it. And I think one of the best examples of this is Jesus. From the very beginning of time, we have been trying as hard as we can to be good enough for God. We've tried it thousands of different ways, some good, some really, really bad. But no matter how hard we've tried, there's something deep down inside of us that just knows we're not good enough. No matter how hard we try, we're not going to be good enough for God. But see, to God, that didn't matter because God loves us. And so God decided to move and make things right. And in the most unexpected and powerful act of righteousness, God became human and he died for you and for me. And he resurrected himself and somehow in some cosmic way that I think is too mysterious and broad and powerful for us to understand, it made things right and God forgave us Peter, he said it like this. 1 Peter 2.24, he said, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, or the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. God moved and it made things right. But even this... God doesn't force on us. He he leaves it as an open invitation for us to accept. For many people, their journey towards Jesus involves years and years of trying to be good enough for God on their own. They try as hard as they can. They rub their hands together as fast as possible. They try to be more loving and kind and generous and forgiving, and they try to fix themselves like my daughter in her car seat, refusing any kind of help. And there's just something inside of us where we just feel compelled to prove that we can do it on our own. But anyone who's been on that journey ultimately gets to the point where they realize no matter how hard they try, they can't do it. They get to the point where they say to God, God, I can't do it. No matter how hard I try, I can't be good enough. I can't fix myself. I don't know what I can do to be good enough for you. I can't. And it's in that moment, that Jesus says we're blessed because it's in that moment that we're hungry because it's in that moment where we're able to admit to God God I can't that God is able to say back I know you can't but I can and I did do you accept it Jesus never forces himself on us that's not what love does but Blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for God to move and make things right, for they will be satisfied. And this remains true for us even after we've been following Jesus for a long time. The more time we spend with Jesus, the more we begin to fall in love with him. The more we begin to see the things in our own life that need to change. Not to be good enough for God. Like, he's, he's already made that right. But because the more time we spend with Jesus, the more we see that there's more life when we do things his way. So we start to work on our own stuff. Where we start to work on our anger or unforgiveness or bitterness or addictions or I don't know, whatever it is. We, we've all got our own list of things. But eventually we get stuck. It's inevitable. This happens to all of us. We, we, we need more kindness and we can't find it anywhere. We need less anger and we can't let go of it. Or we have an addiction that, that we just can't shake. And that's frustrating. And when we continue to try and try and try on our own to fix these things inside of us and it's not working, we begin to assume that God must be frustrated with us too. And, and then we begin to, to fall back into that old narrative that for whatever reason just makes so much sense to us that idea that I need to fix myself before God will want me. So after continuing to try and try on our own to fix ourselves and distancing ourselves from God because we believe he doesn't want to have anything to do with us, inevitably that again, it leads to a breaking point where we realize despite our best efforts, we are just incapable of it. And that can feel like failure that can feel like defeat. In extreme situations, that can feel like rock bottom. But Jesus says in that moment, we're blessed. Because when we're in the moment where we are able to say, I'm not strong enough. I don't have the willpower, the self-control. I'm not able to do it. No matter how hard I try, I can't fix myself. I can't be any better. That's when we're hungry. That's when we're able to see what we need. That's when we're able to say to God, God, I need you to move in my life and make things right, because I can't. And when we ask God for help like that, he does. And based on my experience as a father, I would guess in those moments, he smiles. My son, Edison, he's four years old. And he's in the middle of learning one of life's most important skills and that's how to take your shirt off, uh, which when you think about it is a complicated thing to do if you've never done it before. Watching him, I'm learning that there's a lot of wrong ways to take off a shirt. Uh, just the other day, he was trying to take off his shirt and he pulled his arm out of his sleeve, which was good, that's step one. But instead of his push- pushing his arm out through the bottom of his shirt, he pushed it up through the neck hole. And because the neck hole isn't very big and his head was already in there, he got stuck and and he was trying to get out and he starts making this panicky noise like,
2: "Ah!" and
3: and so he's like running around the house making this noise with his arm in the air. And and I was just watching him because one, it's really funny. Uh, But two, we're trying to teach Edison something. We're trying to teach him that if he needs help, all he needs to do is ask. We're not going to help him if he's throwing a fit or making a big scene or whining about it. We're, we're trying to teach him to just ask for help. So I watched him for a few minutes run around the house like this, screaming. And, and eventually he, he settled down and he looked at me and he said, Help, Papa. And in that moment, I smiled instantly. And I said, Oh, you need some help? Okay, here I come. And took the shirt right off. In that moment... It felt so familiar to me of the times where I've gotten myself stuck, and times where I've been stuck and tried as hard as I can to get myself out of the situation and fix the situation that I've gotten into, and I just can't do it. And I get to the point where I admit to God, God, I'm trying as hard as I can, and I can't do it. Would you please help me? And he does. As soon as I'm hungry, I'm blessed. When we ask God for help, he does. Here's how Jesus describes how God responds when we ask him for help. It's in Luke chapter 11, verse 9 through 13. Jesus said, And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who, re- who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Whenever we ask for help, it might not be in the way that we were hoping for or expecting, and it might not be in the timing that we were wanting, but God always, always helps because he loves us as a father should. Lately, I've been dealing with more anxiety than normal. It hasn't been fun. And sometimes it, when it hits really strong, I know all the right things to think I know what's true and what's not true. I can look at it objectively. I know all the breathing exercises and the centering practices. And and I tell myself all the reasons why I should be trusting God in this moment, that He is in control. But sometimes it's just not good enough. And as hard as I try, I just can't shake this fear and this worry and this anxiety. And it ultimately leads to a breaking point where sometimes I yell at God. and It's like, God, I am trying as hard as I can to believe the right things and think the right things and do the right things, but it's not enough. It's not working. Can you please just give me some peace? And sometimes instantaneously, and the rest of the time, after talking it over with him for a little while. Peace comes from a place that I don't understand. It just washes over it and wipes it away. When I am desperate, when I admit that I can't, when I ask God for help, that's when I'm hungry. That's when I'm blessed. That's when I'm satisfied because blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for God to move and make things right. Blessed are those who are desperate and helpless, who can't do it and give up and ask for help because you will be satisfied. Now there's a whole other way of hungering and thirsting for righteousness that just blows this thing wide open. Uh, The more time that we spend following Jesus the more we begin to see the impact that it's having on our life. We begin to see the difference that he's making in our life. And the more that we see that for ourselves, the more we begin to want that for others. In this series, we've been talking about the kingdom of God. Now, if righteousness is the movements of God that are making all things right, I guess we could say that the kingdom of God is the product of all that. It's everything that God is accomplishing through righteousness. Now, there are things that God has already made right, and those are the parts of the kingdom that we get to experience now. And there are things that God's going to make right later, and we'll experience those things later. But in between are a whole bunch of things that God is in the process of making right. But here's the thing. When God moved and rescued us, He actually made us citizens of this kingdom. And when God moves inside of us and makes things right, we start to taste and see the kingdom for ourselves. And the more that happens, the more clearly we're able to see the kingdom of God for ourselves, the more we start to look around and notice the things that don't fit with that. We start to notice the things that aren't right. Things like addiction and human trafficking and racism, and genocide, and and poverty, poverty, and, and starvation, and murder. We, we start to see the people and communities and countries that have never heard of Jesus before and don't have the same hope that we have. And when we start to become aware of those things, we see them, and we begin to hunger and thirst inside for God to move and make those things right. A lot of those things I just mentioned, I think we all know they're too big for any one of us to fix. And that's what compels us to go to God when we see that. And when when we start to become heartbroken and grieve these things that we see, we go to God and say, God, would you please move and make these things right? But here's the thing, because we are citizens of the kingdom, when we point something out to God and say, God, that isn't right, can you fix it? Oftentimes, I found that God responds by saying, hmm, I'm glad you see that too. Would you want to help me fix it? Righteousness is the movements of God that are making all things right. If that's true, I want you to look at this verse with me. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, For our sake, He made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. When God moved to rescue us, he didn't just set us aside to wait for the kingdom to come, but he redeemed us and repurposed us and activated us so that We can be a part of that happening so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. In him, we might become the very movements of God that are making all things right. In ancient Israel, there was one week out of the year where uh, everyone would gather together in Jerusalem and pray for rain. Because in that region of the world, without rain, they would die. They were desperate for it. You could say that they were thirsty. So every day of this week out of the year, thousands and thousands of people would gather in Jerusalem around the temple, and they would shake palm branches together, creating the sound of rain, and they would be shouting, "'Hosanna, Hosanna,' which means, "'God save us, hear our prayers.'" And they would be shouting and shouting and shaking these palm branches. And there was this priest who was carrying a pitcher of water and he would climb the steps up to the altar. And when he reached the top of the altar, these thousands of people who were shouting would all of a sudden become silent. And then the priest would pour out some of the water in the pitcher on the altar and and smoke would billow up. They would do this every single day. On the very last day of the week, they did the same thing. They all gathered together together around the temple and inside the temple, and they would be shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, and shaking these palm branches. And Jesus was there that day at the temple. And it was probably when the priest climbed the steps of the altar and these thousands of people who were shouting and shaking their palm branches all of a sudden became silent. It was probably in that moment when the priest poured out all the water that was left in the pitcher and the smoke built up the bible says that jesus cried this out to everyone around him john 7:37 and 38 if anyone thirsts let him come to me and drink whoever believes in me as the scripture has said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water In this context where these people are desperate for God to move in a way that only He can, they're desperate for rain. Jesus stands up and shouts, If anyone's thirsty, come to me and be satisfied. But beyond that, become sources of water for other people who are thirsty. In a world that is desperate for God to move and make things right, in a world that is desperate for the kingdom. In a world that is desperate for rain, Jesus invites anyone who is thirsty to come to him and drink. And for whoever believes in him, he gives us the Holy Spirit so that inside of us can come streams of living water pouring out of us to be a source of water for others who are thirsty for the same thing that we are so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I can't prove this, but I can tell you from my own experience, I experience this every single day. I am not a good husband. I'm not a good father. And I don't think I'm that good of a pastor. I'm not trying to be self-deprecating. I'm just being realistic here. I am helplessly inadequate, but I have been a good husband, and I have been a good father, and I think I have been a pretty good pastor too. And I think the only thing that explains this is that I'm getting better at admitting to God when I can't do something, and I'm getting better at asking God for help when I can't do something. And I'm getting better at listening for his invitation when he asked me to do it with him and accepting that invitation. And when I do, I stand back in awe as the Holy Spirit causes streams of living water to come pouring out of me. It does not come from me. In my whole life, I have experienced nothing more satisfying than watching that happen when we are desperate and in need and we can't do it it feels like failure but jesus says we're blessed because blessed are those who are desperate for god because he's right here blessed are those who can't do it who've given up who've asked for help because that's when he helps And blessed are those who look around them in hunger and thirst for God to move and make things right, because that's when he invites us to join him so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Please pray with me. Okay. There's a whole bunch of different ways that we could respond to this, but I want to start by speaking to any of you who've been trying for a very long time to be good enough for God, who believe that's what it takes to be with him. No matter how hard we try, we can't do it. But again, God moved to make that right. Jesus died so that that wouldn't keep us from him. So if that's you and and you're tired of trying on your own, and you know that you can't do it, and you're desperate for God, I want you right now to just say something along these lines to God. God, I can't do it. I've tried as hard as I can, but I know I'll never be good enough for you. But that doesn't matter because, Jesus, I know that you made things right and I know that you've forgiven me. And it's only because of that that I'm able to accept that forgiveness that you offer, which, which I do. Right now, God, please forgive me. I choose to follow you now. I choose to learn from you. Okay, and the, there's some of us here together that we've been following Jesus for a long time. and and maybe you're stuck on something. Maybe there's just like something that you can't get better at or you can't let go of or or you can't beat and, and you've just been trying on your own for a really long time and maybe you've just assumed it's like God's waiting for you to fix yourself before he'll have you back. That's not true. He's just waiting for you to ask for help. So I just want to give you a moment if you're stuck on something, just take a short moment To talk to God about what it is that you're stuck on, and then just ask him for help. So go ahead and just do that right now. Okay, lastly, I would venture to guess that lately there are things on almost all of our hearts that we're seeing that we just know aren't right, that don't fit in with God's plan, with his kingdom. And maybe there's one thing in particular that, that's just grieving you inside. It's just so heartbreaking. You can't stand it. If that's true, just take a moment and talk to God about that. And just tell him how you're feeling and ask him to move and make that right. But then I want you to take a moment of this time and just listen and see if God does what he often does and invites you to join him in doing something about that. So go ahead and just take a minute and talk to God about what's on your heart. Father, we are desperate. We are incapable. And we are hopeless on our own. But that's just it. We're not on our own. Because you are right here. God, thank you for moving and making things right. Thank you for being patient with us and helping us experience more life as we work on the things that you teach us to work on. And God, thank you that the things going on in our world right now aren't up to us entirely, but you can do it and you've invited us to do it with you. God, thank you for all of your movements that you've been making to make things right, ourselves included. Help us to become more aware of what's on your heart so that we can participate in that so that in you Jesus because of what you've done and because of the holy spirit inside of us we might become the very movements of god that are making things right we are hungry and we are thirsty for you amen
0: i am so excited after that um the the overall like feeling i i got is like this like uh, he t- t- talks about hunger and the the idea, I mean like his Palm Sunday content I mean like mm-hmm. content where he was talking about the Palm Sunday, it was like wow and I just want to be like yes, 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 yes. yes like yes. you are nailing like it was like speaking the vocabulary of the heart
1: Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I just want to sit here with Jesus now and just be like I'm so unself sufficient and just sit in that place of need.
0: Yeah, so at home, um, there are opportunities that you have to engage from this point on. So Mm -hmm. don't turn it off yet. Um, Mm -hmm. There are are opportunities from this point on uh, to be able to sing. Uh, there's opportunities to sit I- I- here in the songs that are going to be sung over you. Yeah. It's a great opportunity to pull out a pad of paper or your journal.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, it's okay. Or yeah. you can hit the pause b- button here and just say, I'm just going to talk to God and yeah. hear the things he has for me. Um, yeah.
1: Don't miss the opportunity mm-hmm. to sit in this place and what God is doing in you right now.
0: Yeah, there's opportunities to pray. You can hit the prayer button that's going to pop up here. I mean, like, like don't miss what's happening right Mm -hmm. now. Um, So be here.
1: Let's do it. Let's do it.
3: I have lost my appetite And a flood is welling up behind my eyes So I eat the tears I cry And if that were not enough They know just the words to cut and tear and pry When they ask me, where's your bride? Why are you downcast, O oh, my soul? Why so disturbed within me? I can remember when you showed your face to me. As a deer pants for water, so my soul thirsts free. And when I behold your glory, you so faithfully like a bed rest for my fainting I am satisfied in when I'm staring at the ground. It's an inbred feedback loop that brings me down. So it's time to lift my brow and better days When I love to worship you and all your ways With the sweetest songs of praise Why are you downcast, O my soul Why so disturbed within me I can remember when you showed your face to me as a deer pants for water, so my soul thirsts for You. And when I behold Your glory, You so faithfully, like a bed of rest for my
2: fainting flesh,
3: I am satisfied. Let my sighs give ways to songs that sing about your faithfulness. Let my pain reveal your glory as my only real rest. Let my losses show me all I truly have is you, it's all I When I'm drowning out at sea And your breakers and your waves Crash down on me I'll recall your safety scheme You're the one who made the waves And your son went out to suffer in my place To tell me that I'm safe Why am I down? Why so disturbed? I am satisfied. As a deer pants for water, so my soul thirsts for you. And when I behold your glory, you so faithfully, like a bed. For my pain, I am satisfied. Go lifting my load again. Take a moment to remember who dies and who I am. There you go lifting my load again. There you go. This world come upon you, come Jesus, your disease, your burden is so light. No longer my alibi. This world come upon you, come Jesus, your disease, your burden is so light. Burden is so light. Burden is so light. light. Burden. my low lifting 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 my low Ours. you turn bones into arms, you turn seas into eyewars. I- You turn seas into highways
1: That was so good. Thank you for spending this time together with us. And I just want to remind you, if you would like some prayer, you can reach out anytime on our app. And There's also-
0: a button on there you just press and it will go to a pastor or a host and like who is excited to talk to you and pray for you
1: you're not alone yes we're we're here for you and we love to pray with you and for you and also another way that we can continue to respond and engage with what god is doing here at christ community is through our giving so we thank you for your generosity and supporting the work of God here and the easiest way for you to give is on our app. Just on the bottom menu, there's the give button and that's a very easy platform to give but there's also a link under this video where where you can give as well there.
0: So to close our time together, I'm gonna pray a blessing over us. So please accept this blessing in all the places you are. Mm -hmm. May you hunger and thirst for God's righteousness. May you desire nothing more. Mm -hmm. May the heart inside of you swell for the good things as he sees you as a daughter and as a son of God. May you be blessed as you bless others. And may you go and preach the good news that Jesus came to preach to everyone who has ears to hear. In Christ I pray, in Christ we proclaim, amen. Amen. Have a great week.
1: Yes, bye.